Welcome to Random Bible Thoughts with Russ. Tonight's study is called Leave and Cleave. It's based on Genesis 2.24. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave to his wife. They shall become one flesh. This is in the King James Version, the word cleave. This is one of the few verses in the King James that I prefer over other translations because I like the word cleave. It says, to me, it's a stronger meaning than other words and phrases that are used in other translations. But and here are some of the other different translations. The New King James uses joined. The NIV uses united, which I think is extremely weak. The ESV uses hold fast, which I like hold fast too, and I'll use that because I use the ESV as my um, basic uh, main Bible for study. And so the verses in here I use will have hold fast, but I like hold fast also. And then the complete, the um, Christian Standard Bible uses bonds. But if I had to choose between these other words, obviously I would use hold fast just because of what I've said. So verse 24, this is out of the SV now. Uh, therefore, when a verse starts with therefore, there's a reason for the statement that follows therefore. Therefore, let's see what it means. But we need to go back a few verses to see why the statement is preceded by therefore. Genesis 2, 18-23. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper that's fit for him. Now the ground the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air of the heavens and brought them to man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that would be their name. The man gave names of the livestock, birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help, helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed it up with flesh, closed the wound up with flesh, and the rib that the Lord had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is my bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And there's a footnote here in this that says the Hebrew words for woman is isha, ish, shash, shah, and man is ish. The first part of the word for the woman is sounds just like the man. Just a little tidbit of information. There would appear to be two different creations of woman. And Genesis 1.27 makes it sound like God created man and woman at the same time. And here's the verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Some will say this is a conflict. I don't see it that way. I see the first creation, the first uh, section of this God created them male and female 
in the second part, in the second recounting of the creation, this is how God did it. It's not a conflict for me. Just like in, in uh, the New Testament, the, the four Gospels, a lot of the Gospels have the same, talk about the same events, but from different perspectives of the writers. Some writers will add this part. Some writers won't add this part. It's just it's a matter of perspective, I guess. But in this case, you know, it's this God created the male and female. This is how He did it. Me, that's not a conflict. This is where God had. Oh, wait a minute. So, what does it mean to cleave and hold fast? It means to hang on to, to grasp it, don't let go. Um, you can use all kinds of words to describe, like super glue, you're stuck together. This is where God established the covenant of marriage between male and female. She is an extension of you, that is man, <clears throat> as you are an extension of her. She is first in all things. She's before your family. She's before your kids. She's before your own needs. She is, if marriage is done right, she is your first and your last. Now, what I said about the woman is also precipitated to the man. The wife, this is what said to the wife, well, it's precipitated from the wife to the man, the same thing. He is her first. He is before the kids. He is before her own needs. Which I know that could seem like, you know, some marriages say, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. And you don't do anything. But, I mean, it's just, that's, what I mean is, they are your first. They are the ones you put before everything else. The latter part of the verse 24, and they shall become one flesh. And this statement, and when you put your wife first, or the wife puts your husband first, and everything, and in a, a proper fashion, it can't be one-sided. If you are always putting the wife first, but there's nothing reciprocated in that fashion of she putting you first, this marriage will be one-sided, it will be doomed to fail. It's as simple as that. It's a, it's a, it's a precipitate. You precipitate this back and forth to each other. This next statement may offend some. When marriage is truly blessed by God, marriage will work in unison. At least most of the time. And there are going to be some times where there's going to be conflict. And, and you may have a disagreement. You may have an argument. You may be mad at one another. But if your marriage is truly true, a truly blessed by God marriage, that anger will not last. And I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times in my 35 years of marriage, and still going strong, to my wife, and my wife and I are thinking the same thing at the same time. And I don't know how more one flesh that can be. We are in sync with each other, our needs, our desires, and our desires to serve the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19, 4-6, and first some context before I read this verse. 
the Pharisees had come to Jesus to test him, asking if divorce was okay. And Jesus answered them, saying, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife? And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. But therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Let no man separate. The Pharisees continued the conversation with Moses' allowed divorce from his wife, which Moses would allow a man to divorce his wife. So they continued this conversation, saying, well, Moses would allow divorce. But Jesus answered them in verse 8. He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wife, but from the beginning it was not so. So what happened? Why did it come to where there was that a husband and wife would divorce when it was supposed to be a unison? One one body, your first, your last, your one and only. Why did most allow divorce? Sin. Sin happened. Sin happened. Sin was in the marriage. Hebrew hold fast wasn't a thing. One flesh wasn't a thing because of sin. A certificate of divorce was allowed as a means of correction, but not a requirement. It's not a requirement. But only under certain, certain circumstances, such as sexual immorality. In the beginning, divorce was not an issue. They were one flesh as God had intended. So what does the term one flesh represent? How about Christ and the church? This can be seen in Ephesians 5, 25-33. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to, for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Well, if you're one flesh, you are one body. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother. Wait a minute. I think I just, uh, here we go. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast or cleave to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Many times we repeat the same thing. Hold fast, cleave, one flesh. You're one Entity is not the word I want, but that's where it comes up. You are one entity. Alright. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let his wife see that she respects her husband. And you don't get that respect by being a butthead. And you don't love your wife 
your wife doesn't get that respect by being a butthead. Uh, again, if one side of the marriage is the butthead, that marriage is not going to work. And I've seen people that have been married for years. And it's obvious there isn't really any love there as Christ loved the church. They might love them, but it's not like Christ loved the church. He cared for the church. As in a marriage, a man cares for his wife. The wife cares for her husband. And they are one flesh. In the text I just read, the husband is to love his wife, nourish her, cherish her, for they are one flesh. This is what Christ has done for the church. I'm probably kind of being repetitive here. Verse 32 mentions that a marriage refers to Christ and the church. So, like in other things in, in Scripture, this, like the study I'm currently doing, the uh, traditional Jewish wedding, you can take that, all the steps of the Jewish wedding, where the Father chooses the bride, a dowry is paid, a covenant is made, a house is built, the groom goes to get the bride, and there's a wedding feast. And you can see that, how Christ came to earth, died for our sins, went home to be with the Lord to build a place for us to be, comes back, and there's a, um, a wedding feast, a feast. And just like this, marriage represents, a, a true marriage represents Christ and the church. Husbands, cleave her, hold fast your wife, loving her, caring for her with all you have. As this is what Christ does for the church. As long as the husband and wife are in the Lord, and the Lord is as much part of their life as each other's life, then the marriage can overcome all obstacles that come to tear it apart. You're going to say, well, what about some of those, um, let me get back to that. Matthew 19, 6. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. But therefore God is joined together and no man separate. I would say that most obstacles that get in the way are man-made, influenced by Satan and his fallen angels. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand. A three-fold cord, three cord is not quickly broken. It's a husband and wife are fighting by themselves to defeat what they, which is trying to destroy a marriage. They will lose in the long run. But if a husband and wife are fighting with Christ, victory in the battle will be the results in the long run. I'm going to end with this. This is shorter than most of my videos. I will end with this. When there is a battle that is looking to destroy a marriage and the marriage ends when both are followers of Christ, then one of them or both took their eyes off Christ and went to battle their own way. It's as simple as that. Leave and cleave, for she is a precious gift of God. God bless. Okay. That was short and sweet. I hope you get something out of that.
you know, marriage is a very precious thing, and when it's done right, there will be respect from both sides. There will be unlimited giving, just the little things. You know, every day between me and my wife, these little things that we do, I get up to go get me a cup of coffee. I grab her a coffee cup and get some coffee. She does the same thing. It's just those little things every day is what makes a marriage work. Of course, being Christ needs to be in that marriage also. Because with Christ is why we survive. I have a study coming up in John 5. Uh, I think it's 47 to the end of the chapter. John, John 5, 47 to the end of the chapter. And then I'll start John 6. And it'll be nice to get from John 5 to 6. Because I've been 8 months in John 5. So let's get into 6 and see how many months that one takes. And then I also have a study that I'm currently working on that I mentioned comparing the life of Jesus, his arrival, his time here, his departure, and his return, comparing that to the marriage, uh, old traditional biblical marriage of uh, Jewish wedding. So I got that going. And I am going to plan on doing, let's see, I got a note here somewhere. I'm going to do a study in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. Well, actually, that's, uh, I think I'm doing a study, actually, all of, all of chapter 5 in 2 Corinthians uh, pastor was uh, preaching on that. Well, he used that section of scripture, part of that section in his message. Uh, as I was reading it, I thought, I'd like to do a study on it. So, therefore, that will be a study I'll work on after um, after I start chapter 6 of John, I guess. If you like my videos, give me a like, give me a comment, follow, uh, subscribe. All those neat things that we like to see. May you have a wonderful evening and Merry Christmas.